Craggy Island Rugby, the Leinster edition. We're in the RDS. Dave Finn. Good evening, everyone. It's, they say traditional Galway weather. This isn't. I'm not sure I'd like to be standing out there playing rugby in this. It is wet. It is windy. It is cold. And it's like being at home, only with stranger accents. Conditions are always an advantage to Leinster. It's always windy in the RDS, isn't it, Alan? It's a dirty, dank, dreary day in D4. <laughs> what do you reckon? Uh, it's very hard to tell. Like the ball, we're just watching Johnny Sexton taking some kicks, and they're they're going some distance into the wind before they turn around and take a, a right turn. So it's going to be a, a tough game. Very low score, and I can't imagine there'll be too many tries in this game. Jake, I agree with Alan. It's uh, it's hard to know. I mean, it looks bad from up here, but I kind of begin to imagine what it's like on the pitch. It's hard to know the. Well, usually for count, they're using just one corner of the pitch for the warm-up they're staying, trying to keep as much of the ground as uncut. It looks fine from up here, but again, under foot conditions, we don't know. So it's in the lap of the gods. It's, again, I don't think they're... they're uh, Alan was saying before, and they were 10 points favourites. I don't think they were 10 points favourites. I don't think it's going to be a 10-point game. It'll be, it'll be as tight as the game on Stevens' day, and hopefully we'll come up the right side. Yeah, they're only eight-point favourites now. I think the bookies just realised how wet it was, uh, plus the fact that they, they've lost Luke McGrath to a boil on his foot. So they have Owen Redden starting, and then Nick McCarthy, whose uh, only appearance has been in the Heineken... Oh, uh, sorry, keep going, the Champions Cup against Toulon when he came on for five minutes at the end. So they've got a very, they've got a very callow bench, um, which might, if we can be in with, it, with 20 minutes to go, might give us a chance to pull off a, a, a very much needed but um, highly unusual victory this time of year. In as short a sentence as you can, who's going to win and by how many points? I'm going to go for Connacht by five. Dave's going for a Connacht win. Yeah, I'd like, like the heart says Connacht but unfortunately the head says Leinster. They've got 282 caps. Their bench has 138 caps. We, we just can't live with that sort of stuff uh, sometimes and you know, and this time of year we've We've never beaten them on the New Year fixture in four attempts in the Pro 12. So. The weather the way it is, low scoring game, I'm going for a draw. Half time and for the second week in a row, it's 3-0 to the opposition. But I think possibly slightly more positive, way more positive this week, because Connacht have been playing against, I don't know, do you call it a gale force win? There's certainly a howling win, isn't it? It is, it is. And it is. it does remind me of the win in 2005 when the the uh, New Zealand beat the Lions down in Christchurch. That sort of really, it's almost like solid rain. Like it, there's just no gap in it at all. It's that really fine, soft day type rain, but it's a little bit heavier than that. And it means that the ball is like a, a real bar of soap. It's very difficult when you go into contact. You can see every player on the field is taking a second snap of the ball just to make sure they're holding on to it. Yeah, so that first half, Dave, you were just saying it. I mean, maybe maybe it is going to be harder to play with the win, but i got to feel like Connacht are, are going to turn around a lot more confident. And another point you just made, that Leinster bench, especially in the front row, is very young. It's an amazing ease. I mean, it wasn't helped with uh, Luke McGrath going out and started again. They've had to bring Nick McCarthy in. Now, I've seen a lot of these guys. Uh, Ross Maloney, their cover at centre at uh, second row, he basically dominated the game for UCD against Galwegians. But that's against club players, and... We've seen that our boys are much higher standard. I would be worried for Leinster if they have to do make changes in the front row because uh, I don't know much about James Tracy. Peter Judy's a young lad coming in. 
Um, you would be, and Michael Vince, well, you know, he can be hit and miss. Uh, but I, I think the Scots have a word for called dreict, which is sums up today. This is the most drifty day I've ever seen. And again, maybe it is. I mean, I know we we, we bemoan this stereotype of the the, the non-Galway media going on about typical Galway conditions, but we've actually played it like we're used to this, which we should be, but we never usually play something like this. I thought we played the last 90 seconds was the most controlled piece of play I've ever seen. It's all about discipline and carrying and nothing stupid. I thought we could have had the chance if we kicked the ball into the far corner, but why risk it if you don't need to? Um, it's a kicking game. And where I do think we have an advantage is they can bring on Madigan and they can bring on Sean O'Brien, but we can bring on uh, we can bring on the likes of Rodney, can go back on, on AJ. I think AJ and Jack, if they kick well, Aj. Aj and Aj and, and and Jack's kicking game. But we have three guys who can kick the ball. Kick, and, kick the ball. And Alton Delan in the second row, and Alton maybe Delan. even Sean O'Brien. You'd like to see how he'll go as well. I'd like to see Sean O'Brien taking on Sean O'Brien simply just because it'll mess with too many people's heads. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like some sort of vortex there. Yeah. Okay. That's almost it, Alan. Final thoughts. Yeah. I, um, Ali Muldowney. If if a man has ever wanted to show <laughs> how good he is as the second row, he's done it in that first half. If that man doesn't make it into an Ireland squad now, I don't think he ever will. Fantastic display. Half time, three 0 to Leinster. They couldn't possibly win another away game against an Irish province. Why not? Why not? Says Dave. <laughs> Let's see. By Leinster, full time at the RDS. Leinster, thirteen. Comic now. Alan, I'll go with you first before we bring in Dave Finn again as we did at halftime. Alan, that, that's a dominant performance. It was. Leicester were very good. They didn't make mistakes. They um, they controlled the ball well. They didn't give Connacht any decent decent field position. They didn't let Connacht uh, put any major pressure on them, even though they were kicking the ball away, it seemed, a lot in the very in the first few minutes of the second half. Uh, but Connacht didn't, didn't uh, bank on it. I had a few decisions go against them um, and just didn't quite have the class to um, put them under any major pressure. Dave, your thoughts here, you're being following the stats on the side. What we were saying in commentary is that penalty count, I think it was around 11-4 in the end, that would prove crucial, didn't it? It's immense. There are, there's one or two of them, you may argue, that they're a little bit 50-50, but a lot of the decisions, you could, again, they're 50-50 decisions, you argue, did they go against you, but you create your own luck, and unless you deserve the luck they got, they were the better team. They were the team that was always threatening. They were the team that got their, their backs running in, into the win we could never do it we never looked like threatening the line we never looked like we were going to get any points and it's a thoroughly depressing and thoroughly disappointing uh, performance given what's happened over in the Scarlets uh, Scarlets have pulled away Leicester have now gone ahead of us we know Munster or also could get ahead of us tomorrow if they win and I think that's probably the most disappointing performance we put in because the second half was as bad from our perspective as the first half was good yeah I think so I think that you know we, we, we'd shown all the grit and fight and determination in the first half in order to make sure we were in the game with you know with the second half and we had this win behind our backs however we didn't we, we just weren't able to convert that you know the, the, the wind pressure into into you know, or we, we weren't able to use the wind to put Leinster under the proper amount of pressure we gave away penalties every time we looked as though we were putting them under pressure we gave a silly penalty away and then you have a situation where you know you get a you know we get we get a dominant scrum Sean O'Brien breaks off the back whilst going backwards push the ball downfield and we end up on our own 22 when he recovered the ball that's sheer class from the from the resulting line out we get the ball 
from you know, from an overthrow from from Leinster, we get the ball but throw it away from one of our you know most experienced players in in McCartney. and that's you know you could sort of sum it up in that little area and that you know their big players made the right plays in order to give them what they needed to win the game, and our big players didn't quite. And it's a bit harsh on McCartney considering it was his first game back. Yeah, but that being said, it is the difference. You know, Sean O'Brien has been rusty as well, but he certainly didn't show when he came on. Dave, we've had some time to, uh, well, digestive result and listen to some of the post-game comments. Uh, Connick slipped down the table now to third. Yeah, it's it's the second game in a row where you just felt we didn't look like we were going to score a try, and it's the second game in a row where a, couple, a reverse of the, of the earlier part of the season where defence didn't we, we weren't strong in defence, but we were just. Mm, blasting through teams and getting results without looking brilliant. Now our defence has stepped up and for some reason we seem to have just dropped off in an attacking terms. We, we're still lacking a little bit of guile but today was very much a case of we didn't have a plan B when it became clear that the conditions were completely negating plan A. Um, that's the problem. There was no, there was a, there's a little lack of playing what's in front of you, playing the conditions that are in front of you. It was there's a interesting at the start of the second half, Leinster started to kick the ball up in the air, and it was a palpably terrible decision to take because it was they were basically kicking the ball back onto themselves, um, and they stopped. And Redden stopped kicking the ball, and they started to run the ball, and they made huge ground through that. They suddenly realised this is the tactics that will work. They looked at the conditions, they realised the conditions, they realised what was in front of them, and they played them. We were doing that early in the season, but the last two games we haven't done that, and that's what we're worried about going into pretty important and probably even more important than the two games just gone but this game against Clinetti is, is taking on huge significance now Alan two hours after the game all we see on Twitter is talk about a TMO decision we'll hear from Pat Lamb on it in a second but just initial thoughts on, on a try that a lot of people feel was badly awarded How we, I think he, he he's, it's, it's heard across the mic that he says I can't see the ball can you give me a you know I need you to help me here and then he decides to award a try. If he can't see the ball, there's no sign of it being grounded, and he still awards the try. It's a very strange decision. Um, not saying that, that you know the better team won. The better team did win, but I think it denies us a bonus point. If you also take it into context, if, if he doesn't award that try, we're only 3-0 down, and we, we kick the ball down the field, and Rob Carney knocks it on five metres from his own line, and we've got a dominant scrum, all of a sudden you're looking at a very, very different result. So, yeah, we can be annoyed, but the better team did win. George Clancy had a fine game in the first half. He had a shocker in the second half. Here's a 30-second clip of Pat Lamb uh, summing up the try. What, what it's saying is that he clearly saw the grounding. Um, and if you go back and look at the video, he's sliding along the ground. Mm. So uh, if, you, if you clearly see a grounding, then you... And, and, that's that's the, the protocol. If you see something, you're just going back to see if anything beforehand was the reason why. You know, but um, you know, I think our, our players was, was obviously frustrated because they they felt he was short and had they had hands under the ball. And uh, but that's that's what we have to live with. And I think you know certainly it was it wasn't conclusive that it was grounded. Um, and uh, all the footage we saw and we went through on the computer had a look at, but. You know, unfortunately, that's that's uh, that's game game done there, and we just have to live with that and um, and move on. 
and that therein is the worst part of the try he awarded Dave he fell on his arse he got he tried to scramble back up I think he might have thought he saw a ball grounded and then he asked the TMO any reason not to award a try which has just left everyone flabbergasted to be honest yeah there was a few strange decisions in the run up to as well I think we had we had pummeled him at the scrum and he gave it for boring in now I need to see it again maybe it was I don't know I haven't seen it first out, first judge sight looked harsh but then we didn't we didn't recover after that for about for, for a number of phases but the fundamental issue is the idea is that the referee must see the ball touch the ground and if you can't see the ball touch the ground even with video video assistance you can't then just guess and I, that's the problem as he guessed as for the knock on from Rob Kearney if he's he's too far away to see whether it goes back or forward but if he's too far away to see if it goes back or forward, he's too far away to see if it goes if it's a knock-on at all. So don't just say, oh, it went backwards. Uh, it didn't. You didn't see it. Except you didn't see it. Don't make any call. Just accept, I didn't see it. I don't see a knock-on. Yeah. People go, there was another knock-on in the lead-up to the try as well by one of the forwards. He had his back yeah. to, to go, but it came off his hand onto his knee. And it's just, look, I mean, George Clancy had a good first half, but like these are decisions. Like, the reason why we're, if he misses it, everyone has a bad day and they miss things. He saw it. And even then, I suppose he's entitled to a bad day, but it was a shocking day for him. Yeah, it was a, it was a bad second half. I mean, we've a little bit of history with George in the past in terms of decisions that... 50-50 at best but I'm with Alan it changes the scoreline it doesn't change the results it, no, I agree uh, I agree um, but, I, but I, I do feel it, it deserves the time need, to talk but, about but it. we need to also point out that Leinster can make a very I was very surprised the 6th penalty in the first 15 minutes that went against us no, I'm no, amazed I'm not even amazed. Talk, yeah. I'm not even I mean, and Leinster we always pull them up and you're there thinking well, wow we still have 15 on the pitch they can make a case now admittedly after that he did seem to give the dodgy decisions did go the way but there's four or five now the fact is there are four or five big ones it's not like he was making terrible decisions again and again and again there's a case to be said we're not getting a rub of the green some of these 50-50 a lot of these 50-50 decisions that where you think the ref is the ref is, make, is hedging his bets and is to a certain degree guessing seems to be going against Connacht now I don't care what they say they don't even up over the season and even if they did it still doesn't mean just because we might get a dodgy system out down the line that's still a bad decision yeah. we shouldn't and it shouldn't happen and then there's scrums as well the last thing we'll talk about the referee but it did look like in the second half the Connacht were getting the advantage that we kind of expected they would get with the changes as the game went wore on but it didn't yield in any penalties it yielded in two penalties against them in fact yeah the first one went against us I thought was, was somewhat harsh I think he called it for us Spinning, spinning around, like you know, pushing around. But we were going forward first, and then they lost, they lost our footing, and we we kept going. Like I don't know how we're meant to control that in those conditions. Um, yeah, he didn't seem to like to favour the dominant scrum, which is unfortunate from our point of view because we were pretty dominant. Here's Pat Lamb after the game in full now, and followed by uh, Tom McCartney, who made his return to Connacht action for the first time since November sixth, I think it was against Treviso. Pat, um, first of all, like that's two weeks in a row now where the scores just haven't come from Connacht in tough conditions. So, I mean, how much are the conditions affecting the way Connacht have maybe dropped off some of their good forms in previous weeks? Yeah, I mean, it's a different type of rugby you got to play in these sort of conditions. And I thought the first half we, uh, uh, you know, we did extremely well uh, into a tough win and to keep them at three 0 And obviously, pretty obvious, the second half was all about getting down to the other end and, and squeezing them and. Um, and uh, we did that well at times, but then, you know, over through, um, you know, we, we turned the ball over, and you know, and there was some obviously some good kicking, uh, kick chase from from Old Redden, and then, um, and then we, you know, or we 
you know we were penalised and, and, and we lost territory as well. But certainly it was um, you know it was, it was a big battle out there and, and uh, pretty physical. And but I suppose uh, you know points are always hard to come by in these conditions. And then it got big moment in the game. Obviously was the try, and um, there's some courageous defence uh, from the team, um, and uh, uh, and a big call, big call made. You know I think um, you know TMOs uh, the referee. Uh, well, we saw he slipped, but the, there's two decisions that you do ask, uh, you know, is try or no try or any reason not to give a try, and that's when they're pretty sure that they think they've seen a try. Um, and, you know, the boys are adamant it was held up, but um, it, it was hard for um, I couldn't see it at all in, in the game, but, you know, we have to live with that. And But then obviously at 10-0, um, it's, uh, it's an uphill battle, and, uh, and then obviously to get points, and then we possibly have a chance at the end to maybe get a bonus point, uh, uh, a metre out, but it wasn't picked up for a knock-on, so we had a scrum 20 metres out instead of one metre out. And so all in all, um, we've got to remember who we're playing, where we're playing, and um, you know there's uh, stacked team internationals, and in then that you know they, once they got ahead, they just closed the game out on us. And you know, but I'm, I'm you know the boys, it's another learning experience for us, and um, um, and we just go back and and uh, get ready for uh, Scarlets. Do we, would you have called the first half a, a, a solid first half, a very good first half, or do you look back on it now and think that maybe, judging by the way Leinster kicked the ball a lot in the second half, Connick could have replicated nah, it? No, not at all. I, I thought we put him under a lot of pressure. Don't forget, when you're out there in the wind, you know, like um, I, I thought to come out of there 3-0 d- um, down uh, w- w- was a big effort. I thought our defence was good. I think, um, you know, we've got to remember too that, um, you know, the guys that, that we, we knew on the kick game that... Uh, you know the Carney brothers and uh, McFadden. That they're used to catching high balls and so forth. And they got, you know, and if we kick the ball away, Dev Tone, they got a guy who's seven foot on the line out there can win it and put it. And then no one read and put it down there. So we we went in there about keeping position. And we were, I, I thought it was a great effort in the, to be three nil. And, and so to turn around, we we just needed to do squeeze them at the other end. And um, uh, you know we weren't able to do that uh, for long periods of time. And, and then obviously the key moment in the game at the uh, at the try. Penalties against Cardiff in the last couple of games. Uh, yeah, yep, 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 yeah, there is. And I just go through the process, put the report in, and and get the feedback um, from from those penalties. So um, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Front line defence and the mall defence in the first half, though, was very impressive, given that there was there was a number of attacking lineouts five metres out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we, we put a lot of work into Mordi. We know that if uh, if uh, if you if you don't front up at Mordi, teams will, will score lots of tries against you. So uh, we've been very successful this year in preventing more tries, and um, um, and uh, it's all about you know committing, getting good body position, and um, and, and committing to it as a, as a unit. And uh, so yeah, we we're pleased with that because, and then also the the, the D, you know five meters out from the line was was pretty impressive and. Uh, uh, and, and that, that comes back to the character of the guys and, and the work they do off the ball. And, uh, you know, so it's a, it's a, it's a hard-working group of men. Um, well, you never want to be on a, on a losing streak, but as far as we're concerned, we just uh, we go back to the... It's another game, and it's another game next week, so you just go back to the process, um, see what we could have done better tonight, and then, you know, going forward, we'll, um, we'll park the lengths of the game, and then it's going to be all about Scarlet's. So you're confident going into Scarlet's match there? Yeah, definitely. I don't think, uh, um, you know, the, the game was right on the balance there for a long time tonight. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, when we get our game right, then we can put any team under pressure in, in this league. So um, we just got to go back to what we're good at doing and um, 
hopefully we can uh, get a good day in Clinically and uh, get a good result. Tom, a lot of people are just talking about the fact that Connacht plays such good rugby on dry pitches and they can really run the ball. What's the thoughts within the squad and how you've dealt in the last few weeks with, with the wet weather, with this you know, hard ground or the soft ground? Yeah, I suppose it's probably a fair, fair call. Um, you know, we got off to a really good start in the, of the season and it was mostly dry weather, so um, we enjoyed moving the ball around and uh, you know we've got we've got plans in place for when it's wet weather as well. So um, we just need to execute them a bit better and <clears throat> be a bit more ruthless and take our opportunities. Um, you know it's not whether we're a dry weather team or a wet weather team. You know we're, we're comfortable playing in both and um, we just need to do it a bit better. Defensively, in these conditions, you've done very very well in the last few weeks, especially today in the first 25 minutes. But it's just it, you didn't build on that platform, I guess. Yeah, that's right. As I said uh, at half time, we're pretty happy with where we were and um, we just weren't. Uh, Ruthless enough, I suppose, in that second half. We didn't go out and get it. Um, Leinster took their opportunities when they got them. They had a couple of line breaks, and one of them they scored a try. And 10-0 down, and in that sort of weather, it's always going to be really tough to come back. So that was probably the, the pivotal moment in the game. Right, before we get back into a bit of a chat to finish up here in Beshoffs. Good man, Rob. Yeah, got it. Hey, hey, been working on that. And it's good fish and good chips. Uh, brothers, actually. Yeah. Brothers. Plenty of locations all around Dublin, and we're not getting sponsored by them. That's really sad. We need to shut up about that now. Uh, Owen Redden, well, chatting, just kind of caught his uh, his radio interviews, and yeah, really interesting guy, Owen. I've heard him interviewed before, but it's been a while, and I've forgotten how kind of thoughtful he is in the way he talks to media, and I think it's well worth listening to. Have a listen. Positive media now, but we know we have our own things to work on. And, and in fairness, it's one thing that uh, Leo and Foggs and, and Gar have been very good at all year is uh, giving us simple messages and things we need to improve on, regardless of what's going on externally. And you know, and it is huge. Like Irish rugby is massive. The the, the looking glass people. Um, looking in, or the pressure builds on people very, very quickly. Whereas in England, for example, you know what I mean. If you, there's clubs there, there's, there's probably three or four clubs in in, in, a, in a catchment area with more money and less fans, and they're less in a fishbowl, and uh, they can kind of move on with their business bit by bit. Where over here, everything is magnified. So it's very important to have someone who's calm and, and practical and uh, moves on bit to bit. You know what I mean? And uh, sees improvements, can highlight them, or sees things you need to get better at. And I think he's done very well at that all year. Can you move on now, given that you've had two very good results against inter, in Interpol matches against two other top top yeah, three well, teams. well, Ospreys are obviously away. The Ospreys next week is a huge game, so we'll come in on on Monday and just look at the review. Probably look at where we could have been better in the first half and uh, move on from there. You know what I mean? And try and prepare for a very very tough Ospreys game. They always you know, really highlighting the disappointments within the squad over what's happened in Europe, but. You know, behind closed doors, is he going to try to, I suppose, pep you guys up with the fact that no, you're six I think in he's, now on the Pro 12? He's very honest. You know what I mean? There's no. Um you know, there's no rubbish. There's no kind of you can't tell you can't tell people they're better than they are. You can't tell the team to play well when they're not. Like, you know, rugby players are. Uh, you know, we're all playing the game a long time. If we play badly, we know we have. No matter who tells us you've played well, you've great. Lads, it's not gonna, it's not gonna wash. So, if we haven't played well, he comes in and tells us what we need to be better at, and, and that addresses it early in the week. And, and you can have confidence in the fact that what's gone wrong has been identified, and you can move on. You know I mean, there's no point in in trying to kid guys, and uh, and he certainly doesn't do that. And I think the group, the mentality of the group, needs that. You know what I mean? And it's the same in any group I've been involved in. You know, um, 
people know when things aren't right and if you try and tell them they are it doesn't work and there's things had... coming right now. I think they've been coming right all year you know I think I did an interview uh, for BT before we played Was and, and Brian Risk was asking me you know how, how's it going and I said well we're going in the right direction and I said I, I hopefully we can show it today but you know whether we do or not we are going in the right direction and uh, and we didn't show it that day um, you know what I mean uh, we had you know two simple tries we conceded and, and cost us big time you know what I mean and our D has gone from strength to strength since then um, and it's become a real weapon for us so I think um, we're moving on slowly but surely and there'll be things we need to get better at next week and things we need to make sure stay at the level we're at but like no there's been no massive shift in the last few days it's just we've had two good results and, and other people are probably seeing um, the results um, improvements we're, we're looking at like small little performance improvements in little parts of the game that have been getting better all the time and the more of those things you have um, you know it's a better foundation it's a wider foundation and, and a lot of them would have to go wrong for things for things to go backwards so so we'll just keep on, on, on working on that and we'll see what he comes up with for next week Just wonder Alan listening to Owen Redden there is it old style interviewee there in terms of maybe the modern player is media coach too much perhaps you know he's, he really has taught taught he thinks about every answer and, and there was almost a kind of there's a certain element of I've been around here a long time I've seen a lot of interviews I've seen a lot of Irish squad selections you know I like yeah, that yeah like he is 35 yeah. so you'd expect you know a 35 year old to have you know a certain amount of experience and a certain amount of understanding of what's required in an interview um, as you said he's, he's probably been giving interviews for 15 years now so he should be pretty good and he should be pretty interesting about it we've heard some of the post game stuff um, our ultimate feeling is Leinster proved themselves to be better than us today uh, on the day anyways and worthy of their place above us in the table so Connacht slipped down even if they lose to Clentley next week all is not lost and it's not the end of the world but Dave made a good point earlier and maybe you can take it up on it that Cardiff defeat now starts to look like a real momentum stopper a few weeks ago and it's really piling up now three in a row now yeah yeah it seems to it, it, it halted us more or less in our tracks the only, the only game we won is the home game against Newcastle so you know um, and we were we did well to win that too um, and Breve Breve away are going to be very tough they'll believe they still have a chance so you we know, did well to beat them at home too we, we certainly did um, you know but it's it's interesting. We're playing. We're not getting hammered. We're not getting beaten out the gate. We're playing decent enough rugby. We're struggling in these conditions, trying to play a Southern Hemisphere style. Although two or three times tonight we did it very well and didn't make some space for ourselves, but then seemed surprised. <laughs> you know, like it was. It was very disappointing to see Bundy make such a brilliant break and not see a Connacht jersey within ten yards of him. Like it was, you know, the poor lad looking around. I think he looked around four times be, before he realised he was going to have to just go to ground because there was just nobody to give the ball to um, but yeah like a, I know Jack Carty's getting a bit of stick on Twitter and whatever but I actually thought he had a good game I thought he played quite well I'll go back and just double check to make sure it wasn't just what I was seeing but I thought he controlled the game for as much as he could but we, we definitely there is still something missing I'm not exactly sure what it is. Yeah, and I think it's too easy. It, like, pointing the out half is so simple. Like, it's like, oh, like an out half's going to change it. Like, again, I agree with you. I thought Jack was excellent. I thought his tackling was superb. A couple of kicks. He kicked one down the middle in the second half, which changed the whole momentum of the game and gave us a real platform. I thought he gave us good platforms, good ball moving it out wide, especially on the sh- narrow channel in the first half when we were trying to move it. After, you know, and under pressure as well. You know, that's on Jack. Another thing, Dave, on the desire, like, I mean, you know the way they say Connacht wanted it more, Leinster wanted it more? If you were to take all those 50 50 balls the players were diving on, Connacht actually wanted it more. The desire was strong from the last night. Oh, the, the spirit was winning, but the flesh was weak. Um, 
I, 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 I'm with Alan. I just don't. I can't. I can't put my finger on. I said it after the Ulster game. I, you just never thought we were going to score a try. And the moment it just occurs to me, we didn't even. One thing you got to give Lance credit for. Our we coughed up a lot of ball through penalties in their 22. They never gave us even a sniff of a shot at goal. Now, even in through the wind, you know, we weren't going to... We, we got one that was inside the 22, and Craig... It was on the, t- the touchline, Craig went, let's go, down the, let's go down the line. And then we cocked up the, 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 the line-up. But we, they, in the second half, they never gave us anything. Nothing in front of the post. Um, we gave them a soft penalty in front of the post in the first half. They took it. It was coming. The try, we've talked about the try. And the second half, and this I find amusing, it's not that it wasn't a penalty. It's just it's the first time all season that that penalty has been given by the a touchdown. It was offside. Well, mine was offside. Everybody was offside. Grand, lovely, good call. Mm. It's just the first time all season I've seen a touchdown make that decision. And you're there thinking, for God's sake. Um, what can you do? What can you do? Um, nice to were better. There was no lack of effort. There was no lack of... I mean, God, the defence showed you enough. There was, there was effort. But... Alan's nailed it. I said after Ulster, there's just as there's a spark missing now. Whether and you look at who's got to come back in, and the only one really to come back in in terms of back play is Robbie. And Robbie's maybe just the presence of Robbie makes it freeze everybody else up. I don't know, but it just we need him back. It's just the defence, anyways, and yeah. you have to fix your mind on him. Yeah. But he allows it. Well, if Rob's there, that's okay. I can express myself more. And it just seems they're a little bit. I don't want. To, yeah, let me use the phrase. I'm going to use Jordan Nancy. They're a bit constipated in their plates. It, it, they don't believe in themselves, which is strange because it's the same players who, in the early part of the season, were throwing the ball around for fun. I mean, maybe it does come back to the. At the moment, we're just finding the conditions just are getting into players' heads. I hear orange juice is very good for constipation. I believe so. Prune juice is like that too. But anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm oranges. There's, you know, there's just a little bit of zip missing. There's a little bit of, you know, maybe teams have have figured this out now. They've watched what we were doing and they figured this out a little bit. Um, but there is definitely, uh, I suppose, it, it's something I used to go on about a few, three, four years ago. You could do with a, a winner in there, someone who's won a World Cup, someone who's won a Heineken Cup, someone who's won something that just brings us across that takes makes that lets us make that extra step whatever that extra step happens to be I'm not quite sure because I think we, we do so many things right we're not getting beaten out the gate by anybody at this stage um, you know we're playing good rugby there just needs to be an extra step and maybe it's just simple patience we are still quite young that was uh, as I said during the match during the match like we, we averaged the average age of our team was 26 and the average age of the Leicester team was 26 so for once we were on a par on, on an age profile but they had 300 odd caps in the starting 15 138 on the bench that, 41 that, of which came from Sean O'Brien who changed the game when he came on I think he did he made a huge difference that, that cameo with that, when he broke off the back of the scrum after we were sending the back of the Raider not to come off the back of the scrum get himself into space chip over the top so brilliantly recover the ball nearly knock it on and recover it again it was just world class like, the guy is brilliant yeah, it's the one world-class moment in the entire game, really. It was that moment where you kind of went, wow. Yeah, well, I, I think Gary Ringrose's run in the first half was pretty bloody special as well, um, where he, you know, he ran on two men, and he ran... It's the speed of which he runs at, with the ball in two hands, 
so is that he's got options to do whatever he wants to do. It really is very, very reminiscent of what O'Driscoll used to do in at the same sort of stage of his career. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. I'm so excited about what he can do. Uh, really intelligent rugby player as well. Okay, uh, Alton Delans in the Irish squad, we found out in a press conference. We also found out that Kieran Marmion, as you would expect, Robbie Henshaw and Nathan White are also in the provisional training squad. Uh, no Ali Muldowney, but I shouldn't start in the negative. Let's start in the positive. Great news for Alton. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's deserved it. I mean, I think... But this, maybe not this time last year, but this time 18 months ago, about 18 months ago, he broke his leg. A really bad fracture, and he was on crutches, and he thought, he's not going to come on. He's come on leaps and bounds. Belief in him from Pat, getting on the pitch, showing he can hold his own, and the Munster game was the prime example of that. He caught ball, he taunted the... He, he was like a... He was like a seven, but he's six foot four, six yeah. foot six. And even when he came on today, same thing. Yeah, he came on, he hunts the ball, he's... he's He's, we don't have a lot of young locks. We have one, and everybody seems to want to play him at six, and he's injured at the moment anyway. So if you look at the locks that are available, Olsen's the only one that's uh, the only one right now that's under 30, because if you look over it, you look at even Ali, or Ali's over 30, uh, Mike Max over 30, um, uh, Toner's over 30, Dan Tui's over 30, um, Donica Ryan's over 30. So there's really only Dave Foley and, and Alton coming on. And Dave Foley's problem has been injuries. And Alton, if he's late... Maybe uh, O'Connor as well up in Ulster, who looks... Yeah. yeah, that's true. He's gonna be so, but, I mean, there isn't that many. So I think fair play to Alton. He's been the... He's of the three. Of, of the three, he's been the one that's been most pumped thus far. And I think fair play to him. Um, it's a great reward. Now, I hope it's not like Dara Leader last year, where it's just a case of we bring him up to show him around and this is this is how the national team works. And it's just a case of as soon as the real squad gets announced, he's, he's bombed out again. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, no Ali, no Matt Healy. Uh, who else could you throw in there? You could probably make a case. Tiernan O'Halloran's been playing superbly well. Certainly an outsider. Um, that's kind of disappointing in itself. Dennis Buckley too, but an injury was a key to that. Oh, you would have expected the injury was what kept him out. And like we, we really are missing him over the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he was a huge player Didn't for us. He gets through a lot of tackles in a game. Probably our top tackler again tonight. He's very, very strong. But you miss that dynamism that that Buckley brings. And his ability to turn the ball over. Yeah. You know, he he plays like a seven as a prop, which is you know something incredible. And he's just a hugely dynamic player. Um, Finley has been playing very well. I was. I have to say, I was never a particularly big fan of Finley when he came first, but I think he's he's improving, you know, as as each game comes along. He certainly doesn't look out of place out there, um, but he's not not quite at the level that that um, Buckley is. And and you, you know you have that, so you got you know probably our two best players um, with a bit of spark about them are Buckley and Henshaw. And neither of them are playing yet. We're still being competitive. Hey, next week myself and yourself are going to Kletley via Bristol uh, Sunday afternoon game. They're not going too well at the moment, the Scarlets. Uh, they've got a lot of injuries, and they're struggling with injuries, and they're 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 taking a bit of a pummeling in the Heineken Cup, and, and to lose the card of tonight when they were, I think they were five points up with a minute to go, and they let they let a try in at the last play of the game. Or, they lost last week too. So. And they lost last week too, so they're in a similar position to ourselves. Yeah. Um, difference is they they probably have more injuries than we do. Um, it'll just be interesting to see what they've got back, but it's going to be a massive game for us next week. Jake Heenan and Tom McCartney have got that game under their belt and team starts to come back together a little bit Pat Lamb said no other injuries except for uh, a big gash uh, we didn't have that in the audio to, uh, he mentioned a big gash to Nathan White across his uh, forehead and on his face which I, I could I, like no one kind of followed up to say how did that happen Pat? No and we should have done um, didn't seem to be anything untoward but um, you yeah, know still, it's a strange injury to get we'll, on the, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have a look it could just be a, God, no one our luck is probably one of our own guys yeah, on him. Yeah, um, 
Well, Come. he's lucky. He was lucky to probably be on the field with the swinging arm that he went in to clear out Mike McCarr. I don't think that was a yellow card. I think I was wrong to to, to no. suggest that it was a fair clear out because it wasn't. The swinging no, arm was dangerous, was. but I don't think it was a yellow card though. No, it wasn't a yellow card only because the swinging arm but made he, he connection in the lower part of the body. He wasn't yeah. in control of where that arm was going to make connection with. That's your point. Really. It was a bit reckless. Well, wasn't it? well, I thought it was a bit reckless. Maybe he was in control, and that's why he was able to do it. But okay. it, it didn't need to be done at that point in the game. I think, I think the reason he stays on is because he, he actually hit below the neck. If yeah. he hit above the neck, forget about it. Gone. Yeah. I just got a point there, just to jump in. Mike McCarty there showed, and Bodie on this, showed what Dunnico Callan used to do to us before. We get bullied by the other provinces, by certain players. You know, Callan was brilliant at it. McCarty tonight, the first couple of minutes, he smashes Nathan White. That set a tone. And then there's Nathan White giving away a stupid penalty because he was all worked up by Mike McCarty. Well, I think there's a thing, I mean, it needs to be picked up on. And I'm, I'm not saying we don't do that. We do do this. And we don't do it quite as obviously as the other teams did. Is that referees are looking at the rock they're not seeing what's going on about three yards in front of it which is and it happened again and again and again and Donald Callan was the Naples ultra at it he owned us every time he played but he would he would be so far beyond the rock he wasn't on the same pitch holding players back McCarthy there was a a moment in the first half where Mike McCarthy had taken the ball and he'd passed from the line and passed on and had gone to ground and he sat on Ali Muldowney for 30 seconds and he's thinking it's all it's all illegal it's all illegal and it's just like they're brilliant at it and we are not masters we're, we're not even in the same school of dark arts they're my masters of dark arts and I sometimes wonder and I said it last week are we, are we still too blame, are we still too bloody nice we need to be nasty and that's a, not only do we need a winner we need a nasty nasty person we need an Ian Goff or Donnacoe O'Callaghan someone who is master of dark arts who does all this stuff but gets away with it because when we try to do it as we saw tonight we get pinged again and again and again yeah I'd agree I still think he needs to be a winner he needs to be a master of dark arts from a winning side because you can have masters of dark arts from losing sides and they're not quite the same there's, there's, there's a fine balance to be made between the two of them um, yeah what well, <coughs> You know, I, I'm not as disappointed as I thought I might be, but then I did predict that we would lose earlier on, and and it's it's uh, it's disappointing. But um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how we bounce back against Glenetley because if they still have their issues, we need to go there and do something. Can we win there? If we've got everybody back, if you know, you're, you're looking at guys. Well, you're looking at guys like Jake Heenan's now back. You've had um, Tom McCartney's back. We've had another couple of guys who've had a couple of games now, and, and, and we're still we're still trying to play rugby. We're still trying to do the right thing. It's just a matter of a little couple of breaks. If you look at it, if you go back and look at that, if if we get we get the, the scrum, actually, like it would have been their scrum um, if it hadn't been a try. But our scrum had them under pressure. We might have been able to get away with it. Having said that, they Sean O'Brien on the back of the scrum, and he might have went and done some you know something yeah. there. But you know the knock on that was missed uh, for Rob Carney. Now, I need to go back and double-check it, because we were at an angle. It was very hard to see whether he was still running backwards when he did it. I thought he looked, he knocked it on. Oh, I was a knock on for me. I know but, you know, you get a scrum there, and you, you score a try there, and, and it's, it is a very different game. It's very fine margins, and we're much closer to the fine margins than we ever were before. It's another, on another day, we probably haven't spoken about it enough, was if Nihi taps another time rather than pick the ball up, because it completely stopped his momentum, which allowed Dave Kearney to get back and bundle him into touch. If he just taps it over the line and falls on the ball, we've got to try. He, in the first he did push Dave Kearney at the back. Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, I mean, absolutely. I mean, justice was done there. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, final thoughts. I'll start to final thoughts. Connacht really have a score to settle in the Scarlet next, next week because I'm sure any of the players, including Jake Keenan, who were there the last time, are fully aware that that was a huge game last season. 
and they really didn't show up. It was the worst performance of the entire year. So hopefully that'll fire them that little bit extra. Although they'll talk about processes and they will tell you they don't put any of that stuff in their mind. They move on. But still, I'm hoping for something much better. That's for sure. Uh, final thoughts? Um, any yeah. other business? Any other business? No, at the moment I'm, you know, it's New Year's Day. <laughs> I don't have much thoughts. It's it's uh, twenty to nine years day. Oh, we have to get on the motorway. And we have to head home. So yeah, I've got many. a cold. I got one day off and about a twenty-four hour cold. Hey, there you go. At least you could commentate when you arrived in my house in Navan today. I didn't oh. think you were going to be able to. I was sort of thinking, well, at least Dave's here. We can get Dave commentating because you sounded fourteen really strepsils and, and two spoonfuls of honey from the Deegan household in Navan. <laughs> Discovery. We got there. We got there. Can I just say that everybody from outside Connacht, this was not typical Connacht weather. Can we just kill that one stone dead? Yeah. I'm sick of this sports ground, wild and windy. No, it's not. It can be wild and windy in the sports ground. Like the guess, west of Ireland. Yeah, guess what? We're on the Atlantic coast. So are the rest of you. It's not like suddenly as Ireland and New York, Ireland, the rest of you are on like the balmy Caribbean. You're not. You're still on the Atlantic on the west. Wexford is pretty warm, though. Not today, it wouldn't be. Um... <laughs> You're still on a wet island in the middle of the Atlantic, so can we deal with the fact that it's any, it favours us anymore? This tr- I mean, most of the games this season, apart from the last couple, have been played in really nice, almost, I wouldn't say shirt sleeves, let's not go through that, but uh, they've been played on dry, relatively mild nights, no winds, well, a little bit of wind, very little rain until the last couple of weeks, so can we just kill that stone dead? Typical sports ground weather is just like everywhere else, because then I'd have to say, I've seen three games on news on news in the RDS, and it's always been like this. So it's typical RDS weather. Okay. New studs for George Clancy? That might help, but I don't know whether we would have changed the decision or not. <laughs> Get better, George. Okay, that's it. Thanks, folks.